Welcome to 6-Minute Stories, where you hear the writing of new voices and experienced writers whose submissions appear in the anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Now in Season 6, you will hear stories from our seventh collection, Twists and Turns. Find links to 6-Minute Stories and to the Personal Story Publishing Project at randalljones.com. Everybody loves a good story. We hope you enjoy this one. Fugitive Spirits by Gail Tyson On a visit to my ancestral homeland, Ireland, I had no intention of visiting Europe's youngest cathedral. I've long preferred medieval architecture, but a ramble around Galway brought me to the Cathedral of Our Lady Assumed into Heaven and St. Nicholas. Colossal limestone completed in 1965, it shouldered a dome that glowed ruddy gold on a morning the Irish call fierce, meaning very mild. Why not go inside? Massive double doors at the west entrance bore nine bronze relief plaques, which told the stories of the Gospels, the miracles, and the martyrs of the early Christian faith. They measured the size of one to three hand spans, crafted so tenderly that I longed to touch them, refraining out of respect for works of art. Here waves whirled around a boat, its sail tilted over three terrified disciples. Jesus, straighter than the mast, outstretched his palm, cupping the dense energy of scrolling water. Nearby, a fish dove, its tail patterned like a labyrinth, fins spiraled. Beside it, Jesus healed the paralyzed man, lowered from a rooftop. The stranger's kinsman grimaced, straining, the paralytic's face so vulnerable. Jesus' head bent as if from the weight of his halo. I crossed the threshold, feeling, summoned. Inside I learned the cathedral sits on the former site of the city jail. This spiritual sanctuary was deliberately raised, as a former bishop of Galway wrote, in a place of darkness, pain, and human suffering. Beneath my feet, sepia marble quarried in Connemara. Over my head, a coffered timber ceiling of red cedar. Above the altar, a dome resting on four pillars adorned with mosaic torsos of archangels. Their glittering widespread wings lifted my eyes even higher to a vault of indigo. Vast as limbo, hushed as a sepulchre, smelling faintly of tallow, this hallowed place slowed my stride. The souls of those who perished here seeped from the shadows the men who fought for Ireland's independence, the debtors, the petty thieves. After execution, jailkeepers buried the bodies in quicklime. A large white cross marked the site where their bones dissolved. Turnkeys disposed of those prisoners, once impassioned, overwhelmed, desperate human beings, completely, efficiently. Their unlived lives lingered filling my throat as if each one sought a voice. Hair on my arms stood up, skin conducting to my marrow the emotional currents of fear, anger, 
despair that still dwelled here. Shaken by so much longing, I drew close to a sculpture of the Virgin, expecting the placid composure and western attributes distilled over centuries of merrymaking. Her face stunned me. It melded Asian, African, and Caucasian features like a multiracial millennial with an enigmatic expression. What kind of artist could imagine this icon in such a fresh, compelling way? It turned out a German immigrant, Imogen Stewart, had sculpted this figure and cast the bronze plaques on the west doors. Arriving in Ireland in 1948, the 22-year-old found her creative homeland, later telling a journalist, I knew this was my country. I was totally taken over by Irish art, the landscape, the ruins, the history of the saints and scholars. I felt a kinship with her. Visit after visit, Ireland has allayed my experience of displacement, brought on by my moves from one city to another. This island returns me to the place where you come back to yourself, in the words of Irish poet John O'Donohue. As I stood in that lapis light, I felt confused. How could I sense homecoming in a sight raised as a parable of absolution? For me, a cradle Catholic, forgiveness has always collided with what I thought I deserved. Time and again, though, unexpected mercies have brought what was lost back to life. A memory hovered. The word suffering derives from the etymological root bear to bear, endure, also to bear children, as if suffering can produce new life. Have you clung to your grief because it is all you have left? I asked the fugitive spirits. I told them how for a long time grief held me fast to the love and a life that vanished in weeks. How in the wake of that death a holding seared me like bullets taken in the name of freedom. Felt as hard as a few coins owed. Smelled fresh as a shirt snatched off a line of washing. Let it go, I murmured to the souls who died here. You are not forgotten. Did my prayer cauterize their wounds? Unravel the tethers of grief? All I know is this. The dust motes spinning around me, the light glinting on mosaic angels, felt like spirits rising and shining. I carried their stories down the aisle and bore them light as air across the threshold. Leaving the place a short time ago, I had no desire to visit. Copyright 2022, Gail Tyson. The Luck of the Irish brought Gail Tyson to Knoxville, Tennessee in fall 2021, where she belongs to the Knoxville Writers Guild and the Pre-Pulitzer Critique Group. In 2020, Shante Arts published her chapbook, The Vermeer Tales. Current and upcoming work appears in Rockvale Review, Still, The Journal, Psaltery and Liar, and Thimble Literary Magazine. Gail serves as president of the board of Knoxville's Flying Anvil Theater, where she paints sets and avoids giving curtain talks.
Read more about this writer and background on this story in a special feature of 6-Minute Stories called Author's Talk. Thank you for listening to another 6-Minute Story. You can read them all in the seven anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Find the link to our online store at randalljones.com. That's R-A-N-D-E-L-L-Jones.com. There you can learn about submitting your own story for consideration for our next Personal Story Publishing Project. And remember, everybody loves a good story.